Welcome back to Ketchups in My Kitchen. I'm Georgia, host of the podcast and founder of Greedy Vegan. This week I am really, really excited to have Shivani with me on the podcast. I am an avid listener of Shivani's podcast, A Millennial Mind, and so it's really great to have her this week in the other seat for a change. So as you guys all know, this is a podcast about all things food. However, with this episode, I'm going at it with a slightly different angle. So I really want to talk about performance and how performance, wellness, diet and lifestyle are all really intertwined. So Shivani has these amazing performance planners which help you create daily wellness habits and performance habits. At the moment performance seems to be a really hot topic with the increased use of whoop and everyone kind of striving to be their best version of themselves. So I think this will be a really really great discussion. We also talk about her podcast and her journey through vegetarian and veganism. So I hope you enjoy the episode and have a lovely rest of your day. Shivani, thank you so much for coming on. I've got you in the other chair this time, which is really exciting. So thank you. So before we start, do you mind giving us a really quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Oh God, I really need to practice this question because every time someone asks me, I'm like, I don't know. But essentially, I'm a podcast host of Millennial Mind. I run an e-commerce business, which is my performance planner. And then I run different workshops and I do coaching as well. So lots of different things in one. You're a busy bee, basically. <laughs> I love it. So a tradition on the podcast is we always have a quick fire round all about food. Amazing. So sweet or savory? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Salad. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And favorite delivery? Tortilla, Domino's. Oh, yeah. I've not had, I don't think I've had either of those. Yeah, I love Domino's and I love tortilla or Chipotle. I love Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, both love. Okay, so I want to actually start with a quote mm. that I've read, which I think you've said. Okay. So it's, it takes one person to notice you, shape your mindset and change your life. That person can be you. Like, that's so true. <laughs> can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, it's funny because um, I thought, I, I wrote that ages ago. And now I'm seeing so many revisions of it from people and I'm like, oh God, it's so funny. But I really do think that because when I was younger, I used to always think, you know, when you go outside and you start a new day, you can meet someone and they can literally change your life. And I remember reading that in loads of people's stories and loads of interviews where people would say, I was just shopping with my mum and I got scouted by a model scout and I became a huge model. Or, you know, um, I was walking around one day and someone came up to me and I got along with them and then they became my husband. And I'm like, wow, it's really crazy. But actually we always put the responsibility on other people to make our day, shape our life, make a positive impact. But actually you have the power to do that by listening to things, by watching certain things, by curating your feed and by shaping, by listening to things that will help shape your mindset. So I really believe that you can be that person and you can be that change for yourself if you choose to be. So true. And I think that's the case with like therapist, nutritionist, wellness coach. I think Mm -hmm. we all need feedback yes but also we are also our best source of feedback like yeah, we're our biggest critic so when it comes to 
I need a nutritionist. You know what to do. Yeah. You just don't want to listen to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, you need a therapist. You know what's going on. Like, exactly. you just don't want to... Yeah, so I think... Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. So, Millennial Minds, mm-hmm. can you talk a bit about why you started this podcast? Yeah, of course. So, you know, when I... This was when I was around 25. I was quite unmotivated. I was coming out of a bad relationship. I didn't really know what I was doing. I've always been someone who's really busy. But I wasn't really someone who was that focused or driven because... I wasn't in a job that I really loved. I didn't really have any extracurricular stuff apart from the gym that I was doing. But I do remember always waking up early and being busy for some reason. Don't know what I was doing, but I was doing something. And essentially, I was modeling one day, and my mum said to me, can you come for lunch with my cousin? And I said, no, I don't really want to come. And she was like, well, she's on a book tour. We're having lunch at the Savoy, so just come. It's nice. And I thought, all right, okay, I'll come to the bloody Savoy. It'll be nice go to the Savoy and I see this woman who is so inspiring, so strong, so fearless. And she's an Indian woman and she picks up the bill for everyone. And I remember thinking, I've never seen a woman pick up a bill for like 20 people. This is like amazing. I spoke to her and I was so inspired by her because she wrote a book called Brave Not Perfect. And this is my auntie, Rashma Sojani. And when I say auntie, I don't mean close relative. You know, she's my mum's cousin. I met her for the second time. I must have been seven when I met her for the first time. And so after speaking with her, she obviously saw something within me and said, will you come to my book launch tonight? And again, I was like, I don't know if I want to come, but I was just like, let me go. And I was surrounded by all these journalists and writers and producers at this dinner. And again, all really inspiring, strong, fearless women. And I thought, wow, I want to be like this. This is amazing. Now, coincidentally, I was going to New York that summer and that's where she lives. And I asked her if I could shadow her for a day. And as I was shadowing her, she was recording a podcast. But the podcasts I was watching at the time were around Tom Bilyeu or Tony Robbins or Jay Shetty, where they had this amazing studio with this incredible lights and cameras and mics. And I thought, I can't do a podcast. But watching her do it in a room with no windows and just one microphone with her producer, I thought, I could do this. So I was brainstorming ideas and I thought of the Indian problem, which is what I wanted to title my podcast originally. Because I thought of so many problems within my culture. Because I've, I've grown up in the UK. I was born here. But I am very much Indian. And so I've all had this like kind of dual personality clashing. Where one side is like you need to be quiet and conservative. And the other side is you know go for your dreams. And so there were so many conflicts I wanted to talk around. Because I knew a lot of people were facing the same thing at the same time. And anyway I used to run a lot. And when I was, would run I would think about ideas. And the word millennial just kept popping up. And one day I was just running and I love alliteration. And so I thought of a millennial mind. So I pitched the idea to a couple of people. I recorded two podcasts and I sat on them for six months. And then lockdown hit and everyone was asking me, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And I was like, I am going to do it. And it was actually a guy that was like, you're never going to do it. And so I just did it. And I recorded, I, I released those two recorded ones. And then within the same week, I was recording, researching, editing and releasing the podcasts. And so I basically was doing season by season. And the problem with that is people were engaged and then they wouldn't hear from me and then they were engaged and they wouldn't hear from me. So it was really, really inconsistent. And last year I just said to myself, I'm giving this one more shot. I'm gonna get a studio, try for the last time. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's the end of it. But here we are. I've quit my job and and it did work. So (laughs) it's definitely worked. It's fantastic. That is an amazing story. Oh, thank you. Firstly, the best things come when you run. I think it's the best 
time for ideas to come into your head. I'm a big advocate for that. And yeah, it's fantastic. So I think millennial is really interesting and the whole like generation thing Mm. is really, really interesting. And like millennials have a different mindset. And I'm guessing that's why you kind of speak to people and talk about how generation, like for example, Gen Z, like that is completely different to a millennial. So what have you found since now doing the podcast? What have your like learnings, I guess, been? From what element? From learning about people and learning about people's kind of journeys. Like, has it had an effect on on you as a person? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really think that from every conversation, everyone told me to take the risk and to be fearless. And if you watch my podcast at the start of this year, after every podcast, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I still had my job. And everyone was encouraging me and telling me to go for it. But I think what I've really noticed in different generation-wise is with millennials we're a lot deeper because we've had a lot of experience with going through different parts with our parents and then with our friends at the moment with the internet the great thing is is that you can have friends that are gen z you can have friends that are you know our parents generation you can have friends that are millennials so you're balancing all these different generational ideas and i think what's really connected for me is just to really grasp these stories and take something away from them and the biggest thing has to be believe in myself Mm. and really trust the process that it's going to happen and really focus on adding that value because every person I've spoken to has started with a why or a mission or a purpose rather than Gen Z's now who I think are very much like I want to grow a cult following on Instagram and so it's a different it's a different kind of purpose and conversation definitely definitely and I think another thing that you've kind of proven is like persistence Mm. and like we even just mentioned that now like it's you know the best things don't happen overnight they don't I think your kind of evidence of that like you were persistent persistent and you kept going and going and suddenly you know it just it just takes off and I think I kind of see that in everything kind of like just looking at an advert for example I'm like oh that's cool and then I look at it again and be like yeah yeah that is really cool yeah and the third time I'm like "Mm, yeah maybe yeah and then suddenly like oh actually okay I love it (laughs) I love it I'm converted and it does take time and like Mm. When, when people are like I want a cult following overnight yeah we all want that it'd be great yeah. but it does it yeah it does just take time so I think yeah I think it's really yeah you're definitely testament to that so I now want to talk about performance mm. because you're big on that and that's a lot I'm guessing with your planners and everything like that it's a big yeah. topic for you and I think it's a bit of a hot topic mm. now in general so I want to start off with asking a bit about the planners so where did this kind of idea come from I started coaching when I started the podcast because a lot of, I don't know if you know about Clubhouse. Did you use it? So it was this audio platform that happened in lockdown. And essentially it just took off. It was, had billions of users, more millions of users. And on that, a lot of people wanted to get coached. And I I was already coaching with my, like my day job when I was a consultant. And I thought I would love to do that because I love helping people. I love problem solving and strategy. And so I started coaching and I realized there was one simple structure that everybody needed to hit any goal. And that was you need to write your goals down, break them down, find a time, find a place and have it written down in front of you to do it. Alongside having your mindfulness all in one place, because the problem is at the moment in the market, you only have a separate to-do list, a separate planner, a separate gratitude journal, separate reflection journal, separate affirmation journal. There really is nothing out there that combines everything in one and that's what I really wanted to do. So on the left-hand side of your page, it's all around the performance at work. So with your goals, with your task list, with your priorities, 
the right hand side of the page is all around your mindset so your gratitude your affirmations your reflection your habit tracker and so when I was coaching I realized that this simple structure was helping people to achieve their goals and feel happy and less overwhelmed by doing it Mm. and so I created the planner on Canva found a supplier and printed them and I'm not a graphic designer so my version one was very blocky very corporate and then last year I kind of made it more aesthetic nicer four different colors and I really really believe in the power of it and I've started to do workshops now to explain to people every single piece of the planner and every single part of it because there's a deeper meaning behind every single title I've put in there Mm. and so when you come to the workshop what you really do is understand how to set your goals and then you've got a simple structure to make sure you follow through with it and that's been landing really well as well and I I love doing them I think that's really interesting I think the word goals is actually quite interesting so for example with me I find that yeah I can set goals Mm. but can I actually set a goal Mm. like I think there's it's a big differentiation like there is I am part of an accelerator program and every month we have a one-to-one and they're like Mm. what are your goals for next month and I'm sat there and I'm like yeah this that and the other and then the next month they're like right have you achieved them and I'm like no right and I why why haven't you achieved them because I wasn't thinking about my goals I would just say Mm. I want to achieve this but I was I mean I do I did want to achieve that but sometimes my plan would change and that does happen yes. but sometimes I was thinking about what I want to, wanted to achieve that moment in that mm. moment not Correct. like actually in that month so one I was getting really frustrated with this whole goal thing I was like I can set goals but then I was like I actually really can't mm. so I sat down one day I had a blank notebook there's nothing better and I was like right what do I want to achieve? And I literally like ripped my life apart, which is actually really hard to do when you're just on your own. And it was a Friday, which is a great day to do it because it's slightly slower. You know, you've got all day, you can go into the weekend, you're not pressured. And I was like, every element of my life, I started like putting numbers in place and I'm not a number person, Mm. but when it comes to a goal, sometimes you can actually tell if you've hit it or not with that. So I kind of ripped everything apart and actually now I'm like, okay, I get it more now. And what's really something that the planner does for you as well is you set a goal, but then you break down the activities needed to achieve that goal. And then you tell yourself which week of the month you're going to do it. So let's say your goal is, I don't know, to reach a million followers on TikTok. To Breaking that down would be, I need to post five times a day. So week one would be scheduling your posts five times a day for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? And so let's say, for example, your goal was to start a podcast week one would be okay I need to figure out my topics reach out to guests week two would be I need to get up the equipment I need to get the lighting week three would be I need to write the questions I need to sort out an editor week four would be I need to do the cover art I need to do the thing so what you're doing is breaking down all of your goals within that week so it's manageable and it's achievable and it's time bound the problem is we set our goals and we don't break them down to like we don't granularly break them down Mm -hmm. and so we just say oh I need to do this but when are you going to do it Mm. in week one when are you going to do it because you've got dinner plans Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday so you only have Monday to do it but are you aware of that and the planner really lays it all out for you I'll show you after yeah Mm. no so interesting and I think that sometimes I find like you're so in the moment of life that you you are like running, 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 running you kind of forget where am I going Yeah. like every day is like I'm my worst phrase I'm actually scared of is a busy idiot because I don't know why I've heard it before and I was like, oh, I yeah. never want to be that person. Like, and I probably have moments where I am that person. Like I fill days, mm. I like time block my day. And if I have a spare hour, I'm like, well, let's fill it. 
yeah. what I've got to do. Yeah. And that's not right. Well, it could no. be, but you know, it needs more of a strategy at times. But yeah, I think goals are a real interesting one and we can mm. all set them, but can we? Yeah. It's kind of like an interesting mm-hmm. one. So linking to performance, I think wellness really the kind of parallel because mm-hmm. I think without performance you don't have wellness and without wellness you don't have performance so one of my questions was going to be about whoop and I actually <laughs> saw you wear a whoop so does this kind of link to performance for you like does whoop is yeah what was your decision for getting a whoop because I think yeah. performance has really grown as a topic recently and I'm seeing more and more people wearing them and I'm yeah. like what is the reason Well, you know, really, the reason I got this is because I am somebody who doesn't sleep a lot. And everyone always tells me, you know, you have to sleep more. But I think it's, sleep is such a personal thing. And some people need loads of sleep and some people don't. And I really got it because I was like, I need something to track my performance, my sleep, my recovery, my strain. And I've just been wearing it for the past couple of weeks, actually. And it's really opened up my eyes because sometimes I only need five hours sleep. And my whoop tells me that. And like last night, for example, it said I needed seven hours of sleep. But the best thing about this is if I said to it, for example, today, the latest time I can wake up is six. So it will wake me up between five and six. And it will vibrate. So today it woke me up at 5.15 because that's when I was coming out of my deep sleep. Mm -hmm. So instead of me waking up at 5.45 or 5.30 when I'm in a deep sleep again, it naturally wakes me up at 5.15. So even though I got five and a half hours of sleep last night, I feel great. Yeah. And I thought it was going to have a reverse effect on me, thinking it's telling me I need eight hours and I need five. But actually, it doesn't. I feel great with it. And there are days where I need a little bit more. And I kind of love having that because it it makes me feel less guilty about Mm. sleeping seven hours or eight hours. But I think it's a really great tool in terms of understanding your own body because we're all very, very different. And I think that's the thing as you see people online now saying, go for an ice bath, sleep for eight hours, read 15,000 books. That doesn't work for some people. No. And this is really great at personalizing what your body needs. A hundred percent. And I think that is just kind of mirrors kind of performance. Like you need to obviously feel your best to perform at your best. Yes. But what do you need to feel your best? And it's Mm -hmm. so different for different people. So what is it for you? Like, what does wellness mean for you? Because you're busy, mm-hmm. you get five, five and a half to six hours of sleep. Most people listening will be like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't do that. So yeah, what is wellness for you? You know, I think it's really important to have a balance, but find a balance that works for you. A lot of people would think that they, my life is really hectic, but I enjoy my life like that. And I've always been someone who is very busy and I don't actually enjoy living a very slow, steady life. I never have done. And so for me, I, I love it. I, and that's what makes me feel happy. So listening to a podcast every single day, without doubt, 100% improves my mood. From the second I wake up, I put a motivational talk onto YouTube. I've done that for years. I type in morning motivation. I do that, and then while I'm walking, I listen to a podcast. Now, I used to go to the gym a lot, five times a week, and in the last year, I actually think that's one of the things I miss the most, but that's because I joined a gym in London, and I don't live in London at the moment, and so it's very difficult for me to do that. But one thing I do manage to do is go for a walk, and when I don't, like the last couple of weeks I haven't, been, I've been so busy I haven't managed to go for a walk every day and I really noticed a dip in my mood. And so listening to a podcast, learning something new and then making sure I go for a walk is really, really, really important to me. And really just small things, you know, I have this device called Sensate 
and it vibrates and it allows you to have this guided meditation, which is really lovely for me. I love that. And also reading and putting on a candle, it's so cliche, but it really does make me feel happy. Mm. And so I'm very simple, actually. I don't need to, you know, go to a spa day or do something crazy. But for me, it's really listening to a podcast has, from a young age, been really, really key. And if it's not a podcast, it's a talk or it's having these conversations. Because when I speak to people on my podcast, I'm so inspired by them. For me, that's my kind of self-care. And so... I don't really have loads of particular things that I do, but spending time alone is also something, well, it's entwined between all of those things, is really essential for me as well. I'm a mm. massive loner like that. I love being alone. I hate traveling with people, like doing stuff all the time, but yeah. having that kind of space is really important for me. A hundred percent. And I think some people might be thinking, why have you suddenly gone off topic talking about wellness when you're talking about performance? But I think mm. they're so entwined. Like in order for you to achieve your goals and be your best, 100%. you need to have that. Otherwise you're just not going to achieve it. That's why I've put them both in the performance planner together because we see performance as work goals, task orientation, but actually you need to have that wellness element because you're not going to be able to hit your goals if you're not feeling good about yourself. So that's why there's things like a habit tracker where you know your water your sleep your movement I put vitamins in there because I've left a section there that's empty as well and so if I wake up every day and I'm writing my gratitude and my affirmations I'm already starting my day feeling good yeah right and then I'm going on to my habits and I'm seeing I'm ticking off all of these habits and then I listen to a podcast I go for a walk I'm having powerful conversations with people and then I'm editing them like this morning I was editing my podcast with Chrissy Chella and I just, it was such a fun podcast. I just was so happy when I was editing it. I was like, this was just so great. And it made me in a really great mood. And then I fill out my planner, I get on with my day. And a lot of people, like I said, would be like, you're running from here to here to here. But for me, I'm so happy. Yeah. Right. And so I think that having that planner is so essential, not mean to plug my own products, but you know, even if you don't get the planner, write down every day something you're grateful for and some affirmations. And every day write down something you're proud of. I've put that in the planner. I am proud of. So every single day I'm reminding myself of something I've done well. Yeah, and that's so really, true. really essential because we can all focus on the things that we're doing wrong or it's not happening fast enough. But what's really key is to keep reinforcing a positive message to yourself so that you keep going. A hundred percent. And I think also the planner gives you routine. Yes. And like we just mentioned about like with you and your podcast and persistence. Yeah. Like it does take persistence. Oh, You're yeah. not going to achieve these goals overnight. You're not going to feel your best overnight. And so I think having that every day is a new page and you're that creates persistence and that you've got to finish the book. Yeah. So, yeah. and when you finished it, you would have probably achieved what you yes. set out to achieve. Yeah. So no, I think that's really fantastic. And I think having that structure, um, yeah, will make such a big difference. But let's not kid ourselves. Obviously we're not perfect and there'll mm. be times we overdo it and burn the candle at both ends. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about burnout because mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all experienced it. Yeah. Some more than others. And we always try and be perfect and get in our walks and go to the gym and drink enough water, yeah. but we can't. So how have you experienced burnout? What's your experience been like? Last year, I was managing my job. I was doing the performance plan. I was creating version two. I was doing the podcast, which was growing. I was managing the social media, managing the TikTok, all of that. And I really felt so overwhelmed towards the end of the year. And during November, I remember thinking, I can't keep doing this. I went on holiday with my family, which wasn't even a holiday. I'd quit my job. 
And two weeks later, I was going to Greece with my family, but I was working every single day. And I remember being there and thinking, is this what I did? Is this what my life's going to be like now? Because previously, when I would go on holiday, I was able to manage my podcast in like three or four hours, but now I'm doing it full time. I needed a full day. And when I was on holiday, I didn't have anyone else to do anything. So I had to do it. And I remember thinking, gosh, this is really tough. And I'm not really getting any headspace. So I remember coming back feeling really overwhelmed and saying to myself, right, I have to take a bit of a break. And I said to myself, I'm going to take two weeks off at Christmas. Obviously, that didn't happen. I had a TED talk to prepare for in February. I had 10 podcasts that I'd planned for in January. And I'm going to Mumbai tomorrow, which I was recording a season out there. So I had to plan all of these guests. And I said to myself, just take one week off and you'll be okay. Now, it was meant to be at the end of the year, but the podcast just situation didn't work out. So I took a week off in January. And when I say I took a week off, I just took a week off posting. And a lot of people will be listening to this and saying, well, you know, you didn't really take a complete break away. But just by not posting, it gave me so much headspace. Because I post about seven or eight times a week or every day on Instagram. So it's exhausting to think about what to post, captions, titles, thumbnails, all of that. And that gave me a lot of headspace. And for me, I just need to take a step back away from that. And recently, just now, I've, I was reflecting the other day, there's been so many big things that have happened for me this year, like my goal setting workshop, my TED talk, now I'm going to Mumbai. I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now because I think I'm not even enjoying, once everything is done, I'm not thinking, oh my God, that was amazing. I'm thinking, oh my God, thank God it's done. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling. Like, oh, so good, weight off my shoulder. And so at the moment, what I've said to myself is when I come back from Mumbai, I'm gonna take like a whole weekend and go away somewhere. And I'm just gonna do it. And I think it's important for me to do that. And now a lot of people will say, well, you know, weekend isn't enough for me. And this is where I say, find what's enough for you. For me, taking two days off of completely not looking at my laptop is gonna be impossible. I, I physically cannot do it. I, I know I won't be able to do it. But me taking, for example, two o'clock till midnight off on Saturday and Sunday is great for me. And this is the thing, you have to find things that work for you. Like my partner and I, we both have our own businesses. So we both know we will never go on holiday and just leave our laptops at home. We can't do it. We've tried multiple times. We said we were gonna go to, um, you know, like we said we were gonna go away for a weekend and we said, we're just not gonna look at our laptops. Even last night we went for dinner and we both had our laptops and he was like, this is classic us. And I was like, you know what though, people, have to understand that everyone is different and so for us we, we're able to do that and it doesn't affect our relationship because we're both like that yeah. and so the way I avoid burnout is just to take some time off now that doesn't mean I can take a whole week off or I can take a whole day off but I can take for example eight hours of my day off and feel great after that and so that's what I'm going to do and also knowing I'm going to do that helps me get through it yeah and another thing that this year I've done is I remind myself how lucky I am to do this and I dreamt every day of doing this. And no one said it was gonna be easy. If you speak to anyone who's starting a business, you speak to anyone who's doing something new, you know, a lot of people, you know, podcasts are quite new. There's not a lot of blueprints available out there. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I really don't, I'm absolutely no expert. No. So figuring it out takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of trial and error. Now, I'm never gonna complain about my schedule and I'm never gonna say, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so burnt out, I'm taking you know, a week off because I don't want to because I love it and I want to improve and I want to be better and I wanna make po this podcast the best. And so it's, it's a difference in terms of understanding what your body needs 
But also I think there's that element of you have to work hard and there has to be some sort of sacrifice. And I'm okay with that, which is why you'll never see me complaining about how tired I am or how much I'm doing. I'm choosing to do it. It's 100% my choice. So if I want to have six meetings in a day, no one is forcing me. It is Mm -hmm. my decision. And so I take accountability and responsibility for that, which is why when you say, how do I deal with burnout? I think it's just... I love it and so I don't I love my job I don't love burnout but I recognize when I'm feeling tired and I do take a break in terms of what I want to do a lot of people may not think that's a break or a lot of people may think oh you should only take two hours off but you know for me taking a whole evening off really does work for me a hundred percent and I agree with so much of that and I also feel like I'm not promoting burnout but I think sometimes you won't you need to know your limits yeah like if you haven't got to burn out I'm not saying you're not working hard enough maybe you're really good at balancing but you're not knowing like your schedule now is different to what it was when you had a job so unless you got to this point of like desperation you would not know okay I now know I need to take off this evening I now know I need to go away for a weekend and you wouldn't know unless you got to that like ultimate limit like I've been at a pop-up and I've had to like put sunglasses on because I'm actually crying and nothing's happened but I'm just Mm. like what am I doing why am I crying but you know it's just too much and you're like yeah they're not they're not buying a box and you're like just buy it like it's a Saturday I'm standing here I'm tired like and when I hit that wall I'm like okay right I need to seriously seriously take a few moments and I wouldn't know to take a few I wouldn't know that's my limit unless I got to that limit so true and that's why I think last year I just took a week off Instagram because I thought by me not posting for a week that is giving me so much headspace to think about all the other things that I need to do mm-hmm. but and, and one thing I've learned this year is not to do too many big things at once so now I've learned that now I've realized okay I should be enjoying these moments but actually I'm relieved now I know okay when I come back in April I'm only going to do maybe one big thing every two months rather than every month doing something brand new because it is a lot and it is overwhelming and I want to enjoy the process because before like last week I was very much enjoying the process. I was thinking, you know, I love this. It's so great. But there's periods in your life where you are going to feel a little bit overwhelmed and that's totally fine. You just have to learn how to manage them. No, 100%. And really interesting that you and your partner both have your own businesses. Mm. My boyfriend has just started his. Amazing. And at first I was like, hmm, how's this going to work? Because I know I lent on him a lot just for yes. like, just calling and venting. Yes. Just, he was the wall that I could just vent yeah. at. And I was like, oh, I can't really do this so much. But actually, you're right. Like, it's refreshing because we're both doing the same thing. Mm. So he doesn't live in London either. So when we spend the weekend together, we're working. Yeah. And I once said, like, we can't keep doing this because we're together, but we're not actually, like, spending yes. time together. But we realized that that's just kind of how it's working. And that's how it has to be. And we both get it. But, um, yeah. I would say it's important to take time out, though. Yes. Because the thing is, it's me and my boyfriend have been together for a while now. But in the beginning when we were both working we also did feel like that you know we're not spending enough time together we're just working but it's important that you both just take away that time like once a week or you know for even a dinner where you're not on your phones or on your laptops but also like I said find what works for you like we both really enjoy working together and we could never both just sit on a Saturday or Sunday and just watch TV and relax but that's what works for us and we also bounce ideas off each other so we feel happy doing it if that makes sense yeah. whilst there are a lot of people who just think okay well I'd rather only spend four hours with you and solely spend that with you rather than working with you for the whole day and spend the two hours with you if that makes sense I mean ten hours with you yeah no a hundred percent so interesting so I now want to slightly 
change topic to food mm. and diet i hate that word but yeah more like what your diet is in terms of if you're <laughs> vegan vegetarian yeah um so i heard or read that you were brought up vegetarian yes so how did you find that in terms of being amongst friends who may have eaten meat or going to a friend's house when you're younger and their mom like served meat or something how was your experience growing up vegetarian um I don't really remember it, if I'm honest. It wasn't like a prominent thing for me. I don't Mm -hmm. remember going to someone's house and feeling, oh, I can't eat anything or anything like that. I don't remember that. I did used to eat meat a little bit for a short period of time. Um, And then my mom took me to a zoo and told me what I was eating, so I stopped immediately. But I don't remember ever feeling weird that I was vegetarian or feeling left out or anything like that. Okay, that's really good. And what about you had a moment where you went vegan? Yeah, for three and a half years. So why did you turn vegan and then why are you not vegan now? I watched What the Health and I thought, bloody hell, oh my God, this is terrible. I need to be vegan. What I really did it overnight and I think it was a bit too sudden. And the thing is, I was also living out at the time, so I wasn't living at home. And what happened for me, the reason why I switched back is I was suffering a lot with bloating mm-hmm. and a lot with indigestion and a lot with the constipation. And so it really wasn't working for me. I'll show you pictures, I fully look pregnant. Yeah. And so I think the problem was though, this was a few years ago when I was eating a lot of mock meat and I was eating a lot of um, like corn and loads of fake meat rather than like tofu, seitan, um, loads of like fiber rich foods I wasn't eating. I was eating out all the time and I was living out and I very poor diet in the sense that I'm a very grab and go person. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really love to sit for hours in the kitchen and cook. It's never been me. I, it's, it's not something I love to do. And so if something's there, I'll grab it quickly. And when I was vegan, I felt like I was eating a lot of processed foods because I missed, you know, if I would see a croissant or I'd see a chocolate bar, I would think, oh, it's vegan, I have to eat it, you know? Yeah. And so I just really didn't have a good relationship with food in that sense of I wasn't eating what I wanted. I was, I mean, I was eating, I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't eating things that were necessarily healthy I was just eating them because they were vegan right yeah and I would say 80% of my diet now is vegan but I do have pizza I do have pasta I do have I don't know cheese Mm. um and I think you know I'm trying to slowly transition but what's really difficult is when you see people online just bashing about people who aren't vegan and it automatically puts you off and I guess that's the one of the reasons why I don't want to fully say that I am is because a lot of the social setting of it when you go to someone's house and you say you're vegan they automatically think you're difficult after I recorded a podcast with Ed Winters I told a few people I wanted to turn vegan and everyone was like oh please can you not it's already so difficult it's going to be so annoying when you come over what am I going to make for you um it's not healthy why are you doing that and so it's just so much negativity so I don't ever want to say a label of what I am and what I'm not. When I'm at home, I try to be as plant-based as possible. Um, and I'm happy to be flexy on that. And I'm not labeling myself as this or that. 100%. I think this labeling thing is really hard. Mm. Like at Greedy Vegan, I think most of our consumers aren't actually vegan. They're like yeah. the flexitarian. And I always say, you don't have to be vegan to eat vegan food. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, just a really quick one on Greedy Vegan. Whether you are vegan or non-vegan, we really do have some amazing products that we stock. For example, we have plant-based camembert, nacho dip, blue cheese, just to name a few. So if you haven't checked us out, please do. It's like this whole black and white thing with vegan, non-vegan. Like it's just too, like, it's just ridiculous. Like it it doesn't have to be a thing. And people who aren't vegan make veganism worse and it's like 
what's going on? Yeah. Like, why are you judging me? Why, yeah. What for? For not eating meat when I could yeah. be judging you for eating meat. meat and they sometimes people feel, feel bad. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm really sorry, I'm not vegan when they're speaking to me. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, it's I so fun. I really yeah. don't care. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know anyone else out of my friends and family who are vegan. Like, I don't have any vegan friends, none wow. of my family. And How do you find it then? Do people think you're difficult? Oh, yeah. Okay. Very. How do you deal with that? I just, I embrace the fact that I'm difficult. So okay. I put it out there before Amazing. they even say it. I'm like, right, I'm really awkward. I'm like, hi, yeah, I'm the awkward one. So I know I'm going to have this, this, and this. Amazing. But I always say I will, I will always find something on any menu. Yeah. I will make it's sure. It's easy now when you eat out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy. And people find it. To people's houses? I don't, I'm not a big snack person. And I find that really hard. Oh. Like I find like people will then feel like I'm being rude if I bring things. Oh, yes. But yeah, so I'm like, well, that's a bit difficult. But I went out for Sunday lunch on the weekend, and my godfather, who's very like anti vegan, kind of. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Generation are like, why would you do such a thing? Yeah, he's like, not for me. I said, can I have, where are we going? Can I just have the name of the pub? And he sent it to me. He's like, don't worry, I've already spoken to the the chef. And he's like, I've had anxiety all week about this. And I was like, oh, God, like, I don't want to cause that on people. But I would always, there was one option for me for starter, one option for me for main. Absolutely fine. Yeah. I was winning. Like, it's of not, course. I don't know, people make it into a really big deal and actually it's just. It's not really. No, it's not a big deal. Um, but I found the episode with Ed, Ed Winters really interesting. And I think people just suddenly hold you so accountable when you say you're, you're going to do something. I know. I, like, I haven't even done it yet. I know. Just, I was like, I'm transitioning. And everyone was like, well, why don't you transition sooner? Do you not care? I'm like oh my god or someone said you know you obviously have no compassion if you were vegan before and you're not now and I'm just like this is the problem I think anyone who has such a radical view on something you know it's really difficult to talk around these things but I'm very open and honest in my podcast I didn't have to say that I was vegan I didn't have to say that I want to transition I will say on this podcast now I'm still in that moment of doing that Mm. and things take time and I'm okay with that and I don't think you need to say it I think you know unless I'm asked I wouldn't say oh I'm vegan or yeah. plant-based or mm. you know I think it's it doesn't need to be such a definitive no. thing yeah um but yeah it's a real difficult one mm. and I think also you've got to listen to your body and yeah. you, as Ed Winters was saying like you've got to do it the right way and know yes. what you're eating like you mentioned exactly. you got bloated like yeah it was my fault I yeah didn't research it so now I think I'm a lot more educated and also I'm planning to move out soon so I feel that when I have complete control of all the food at home, it's going to be a lot easier. Because I live at home at the moment, I feel like there's always just like chocolate and snacks. And I'm like, I'm a massive snacker, massive snacker. Yeah. So I love nibbling at things, but it is something I definitely want to do. It's just, I'm so busy at the moment that I haven't, I think you have to be dedicated to it. And I'm, and I'm yeah. not at the moment. I think definitely to the first like month. And then it's like, yes, and then it's it. natural. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So this leads me quite nicely onto the topic of like perfection. Mm. So do you feel like there's a pressure to be perfect because you have these conversations with incredible people, they tell you their life stories about manifesting diet and Mm. you think, God, some people might think now I'm like the perfect person. Do you, and on social media as well, do you feel like there's a pressure to be perfect? You know what, when people used to ask me this, if I was a perfectionist, I would always say no. I think I'm definitely not one of those people. But I've realized as well, while speaking to all these guests, people will critique you on every single thing that you say, if you say out of line. But one of the things that really helps me 
to kind of deal with that is to remember that I'm at the start of my journey. If you think about my podcast in the studio, that has only been going on for less than a year. I started last March. And so we're in February at the moment. It hasn't even been happening for a year where I've been in front of a camera, where I've been in a studio, where I've been had mics that are professional. I, have, I don't know really what I'm doing. And so I'm stumbling. And I think if anyone critiques me, I always remind them of that. You know, I am stumbling. Yes, okay, I've grown a bit of a following, but I have never said I'm a guru. I have never said I know everything. All I am doing is sharing my opinion on topics that I love and I'm passionate about and I'm interested in. So if I'm sharing my opinion, I'm allowed to do that. I have never said you should listen to me. I've never said you have to do this. But I am talking around my own experiences and things that have helped me. And if they help you, amazing. And so I never feel now that if I say something, oh my God, everyone's going to hate me. But naturally, I'm scared of cancel culture, as is everyone else. And so I do edit things out and cut things out with a fine tooth comb. But I think it's important to remember we're all humans, we all make mistakes. And sometimes I won't say things in the right way. Sometimes I won't put my point across, across in the best way. But I'm not perfect. I've never said I am. And so you shouldn't judge me by those standards. No, 100%. 100%. And I think people see things online and they suddenly they just share their opinions so publicly so yeah. quickly without mm. thinking twice and I just think that you know we I have conversations with people weekly about food and diet and they mm. must think wow your diet must be perfect it's not perfect by yeah. any stretch yeah like it doesn't mean I know what, like I I hope I know what I'm talking about like yeah. it's my topic it's my passion mm. but no one's perfect and no. I think as soon as you start sharing things and things are physically online yes people suddenly think they've got the right to kind of comment and they do yeah but within reason and you don't you also don't have to listen to them it's something that I've I've really understood this year I was someone that was really emotional this is a transition that's happened the last month I've really been okay with people spreading hate recently I really just ignore it and I never used to be that person I've learned to compartmentalize so many different things and before if I if something upset me it would ruin into my day. But now I'm just like, right, well, that's done, move on. And I think yeah. that's because I got loads of hate like at the end of last year on TikTok. TikTok is so savage, by the way. If you yeah. ever want to become stronger in life, get a TikTok account. And I feel like because I can just block it out now, I can block out a lot of the noise. And so other people's opinions now don't affect me as much. Mm, interesting. I think that kind of, you've done a bit of a full circle that kind of goes back to like the affirmations and stuff. Mm. And when you're like repeatedly doing that so routinely, you're building up your own like barriers like yeah. you know what you stand for you know yeah. who you are you know what you believe in mm-hmm. and when people start speaking badly or commenting or being negative you're like yeah. well I know that's not true I've written about that for the last month yeah. I know that's not true so I'm gonna cancel it out um so yeah I think that's so true so we finish off god this has gone so quickly I feel I like know. we could just keep going <laughs> um we finished off again with a little tradition of a last meal so I always ask people what oh, their kind dear. of last meal would be. Starter. Oh, if I were to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, this is so difficult. I know. It's a really tough one on the spot as well. Starter, I would go for a Caesar salad. Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah. A Caesar salad with vegan chicken. Love that. And then for main, can I pick a couple of things? Yes. I would go for a pizza. Lovely. A pasta. I can eat a lot. Oh, yeah. A pizza, pasta. And I would definitely go for fish and chips, but obviously vegan fish Ooh, and yeah, chips. Oh, yeah, I like this. Fish kind chips. of like tapas, but like... Yeah, all those Yeah, things. all those. Just thinking if I'm missing something. I definitely think those three things. And it would have to be a Domino's or Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut. Pizza Ooh, yeah. deep pan. Mm-hmm. Domino's dip, though. And then for dessert, I would go for a hot cookie and ice cream. Yeah. 
or <laughs> chocolate cake and cream because I love cream. Like anything with fresh cream is my mm. favorite dessert to eat. I love chocolate cake and single cream or double cream. Yeah. And I love like eclairs or profiteroles. Amazing. Sorry, that's not, that's not very good, is it? But no, I love I'm getting... pasta and I love like any pasta, mac and cheese. Yeah. I would have to have five things in my last meal. Sorry. I love that. You'll, you'll just like just drift off happily. Yeah, very I full. Would be very happy. Yeah, you've content. You've done. <laughs> Honestly, Shivani, thank you so much for no, coming on. I think this has been super interesting. I mean, you've come on such an incredible journey. So hopefully people have really enjoyed listening and hearing your words of wisdom. You've still got so much to go, which is so exciting. But thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I feel Shivani and I touched on some amazing topics here. And if you did feel the same, please can you do me a favour and follow or subscribe to the podcast. It helps people know that we're out there and it will mean that the podcast will grow and that will really mean the world to me. So thank you so much and see you again next week.